This is Politicking with Curtis Schoon with special guest Jason Whitlock. Good morning, Jason. What's going on in your uh, world? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to recover from embarrassing myself last night, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, you, you look like you had a rough one, man. I did. <laughs> Very rough. You look like you had a rough one, man. Have you seen all this stuff in the news, man? Well, I've certainly seen what's going on with the Derek Chauvin trial and Maxine Waters. Mad Max. Uh, I, I really honestly feel like we're at the brink of escalating the ongoing civil war. Uh, and it could get very real this week uh, based off of expectations that, you know, I can't say Maxine Waters set those expectations, but she confirmed. She, she put down the the demands of the rioters, the looters, and the anarchists that if Chauvin's not convicted on all three charges, second, third degree murder and manslaughter, that they're going to burn this shit down. And uh, I did not watch a great deal of the trial. I did follow it and read about it every day. I did watch the closing arguments uh, yesterday. And I think that a conviction for manslaughter is appropriate. I don't think the, the murder charges will legitimately stick. Uh, now, the jury may feel like it has no choice if, if the individual jurors want to survive and return to a normal life, they may have no choice but to convict him on all three counts. Yeah, I haven't been watching the case. And um, it's not that I'm insensitive or anything, but I don't I don't really follow a lot of these cases. Uh, the Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown case because of their age and and so on, especially Trayvon. But I just feel like by the time you reach a certain age, you should kind of know how to navigate the police in this society, you know, and, and that doesn't mean you deserve to be killed, but I, I, I can't relate to these people simply because they have melanated skin. <clears throat> and um, what I saw with the, uh, with the George Floyd case, I saw what everyone else saw, and I agree with you. I, I think manslaughter is probably appropriate. Um, I, I, I didn't follow it. I don't know how much, what role the drugs in this system played. I, you know, when it comes to trial, and I've been on trial, each side will have experts that contradict each other. And it's, it's like a, it's almost like a theatrical production. And it's a matter of who the jury decides to believe and follow. And um, I'm not I, sure if that matters in this case. You don't think so? I, I'm not sure what, what we will see. I, I think, just keep in mind, because of what happened with Dante Wright, these jurors were who weren't sequestered could see that, like, damn, there's violence already kicking off. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, we're driving through a heavily armored 
situation just to get to the court. And so I, I, I'm not sure if the lawyers matter and what was argued in court matters to this juror. Just think if you're on this jury, I honestly ask yourself, what would you do if you thought like, well, if I don't convict and they dox me, which they're going to, uh, <clears throat> my family's in jeopardy, not just me, wife, husband, kids, mom, dad, whomever could face severe harassment if we don't come back with guilty verdicts on all three. And, and guilty verdicts on all three are really possibly the only way that they'll be able to limit the rioting. Uh, but for those individual jurors, it's just like, because you know there's, you can't trust the 12 people in that jury room. They're gonna be signing book deals and trying to cash in on this. And if they can rat you out and say, well, this juror did said X, Y, and Z. So even when you're in that jury, how can you take the risk of being honest? Well, there's so much to unpack here, man. I don't want to seem, seem callous or anything, but Maxine Waters is a congresswoman from California. Why was she even there? Where is... Where where are their local elected officials? What is she doing in her district that she has to go all the way? What is it, Milwaukee? Uh, where, where, wherever it is where this trial is going on. And why does she have to be there? She's 80, Minneapolis. 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 She, she's 80-something years old. She need to sit her ass down somewhere. I'm not even sure she's doing what she's supposed to be doing for her own constituents um the last thing black people need is for someone of her age who's going to be safe of her tax bracket to throw a, a match into a room of powder and, and ignite a firestorm to only have a, a reason to get in front of the camera again i saw the other day she told congressman uh Jim Jordan to shut up. Like, yo, who is this woman? She 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 needs to be on Real Housewives of or Real Grandmothers of Orange County or something. Like, I, I don't like I don't like how these people represent us and how they mislead us. And um, like like you said, and I agree with you. I think manslaughter is probably the appropriate charge. He he should get convicted for something, but I don't. Whatever it is, it's, it's whatever, you know, but inciting black people to riot. Maxine Waters, she went there and told protesters to stay in the streets and be confrontational. More confrontational. And, yeah. And we've got to let them know that we mean business. After last summer, those are very dangerous words to put out there. And let's be honest, right? And this isn't a racial thing. This is just people. When when people think that someone is in power is giving them the green light to indulge in mayhem, whether that be direct or subtle or whatever, they, they feel like it's okay. I, I think that that was the excuse for some of the people 
January 6th. They felt like they would, it was okay for them to go there because they were told that. I, you know, Maxine and others, they reprimanded Trump and Giuliani and, and the rest for sending people to the Capitol. And here they are doing the same damn thing, man. It, it's, 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 it's not right. And I just feel like it's black people and I'm concerned about the people, the community. I think if there is a riot, the the response this time is going to be very different from. Um, mm, I'm from not like, sure. I don't know. I saw DeSantis he, he, in Florida. He passed a anti-riot law. Yo, man. Florida I, will yeah, be different. Yeah. Well. Again, Chicago, Baltimore, uh, Atlanta, uh, Los Angeles, yeah, New York. It's not just Florida because see what happened is last year they rioted all over the country because of George Floyd. Right. So, the, so when they riot all over the country this time, some places they might look the other way, but I'm telling you, there's going to be places where they don't, <clears throat> and some and people are going to lose their life. And my advice to anybody is. Do not take this opportunity to turn into a pillager, uh, breaking in stores and and stealing, and because it it doesn't even come down to um, supporting police brutality or anything. People have a right to defend their property, and you don't want to be on the wrong end of that. Me personally, I'm not even going outside after dark. If this man gets acquitted, I just won't, because I I know what's gonna I I I anticipate problems to be out there, whether it be from people acting crazy or the police suspecting everybody. My thing is not to join George Floyd. You see, that, that that's the biggest thing for me. I'm not trying to join him, and you have to think for yourself and not let people like Maxine Waters think for you. Curtis, I, I just think I'm very cynical, and uh, I guess they'll call me Whitlock Anon, but I, I think the message from the very top of the power structure, the military, politicians, the courts, have all sent over the last year a very powerful message. If you're a Trump supporter, we are coming for your head. Period. End of story. But he's gone now. So I get it. But man, look at, uh, you know, these people walked into the Capitol unarmed and did, didn't do enough damage to stop Congress from certifying vote the same day that this alleged insurrection happened. They're trying to throw these people under the jail. We have seen from Kamala Harris to LeBron James to every celebrity influencer post bail, have fundraising bail drives for the people on the left, the Black Lives Matters, rioters, looters, and Antifa, yeah. Anti. And so the message is crystal clear. And Maxine Waters went to Minneapolis to sound that message again. We have your back if you go out here 
and riot. The politicians have your back. Corporate America has your back. Celebrities have your back. The military has your back. And so I just feel like when, when again, watching the closing arguments, watch, following the trial, reading about the trial the entire time, I feel like the prosecution did everything in its power to provoke an acquittal. And I think Maxine Waters has done everything in her power to give the defense an appeal and a reason to have a retrial uh, and to extend the George Floyd, uh, Derek Chauvin narrative. <clears throat> and so I just, I think there's a class of people, the elites who want the chaos. They want the riots that they, they I, I'm just, there's, in one of my favorite TV shows, Game of Thrones, the first <laughs> three to five seasons, it was very good. Mm -hmm. And they had this dude named Littlefinger. Yeah. Uh, oh, you watched Game of Thrones? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Littlefinger's greatest quote was, chaos is a ladder. Mm -hmm. And the entire time I watched Game of Thrones, and, and I watched all the way to the end, even the last two or three seasons I thought were terrible, but I thought they were sending us a message that they, they were using this TV show, one of the few destination must watch TV shows going on in America. They were trying to tell us and prepare us for the stage and the era that we're living in. Chaos is a ladder. And so I really like, this is a Game of Thrones. And if you follow Game of Thrones, it was about ending the patriarchy and instituting the matriarchy, Queen Khaleesi, Yas, Queen, you know, the, the whole thing. And so it, it's an analogy for what's going on in America, tear down the patriarchy, tear down democracy and, and freedom, redefine freedom. And I think it's about installing communism and under communism, the elites are perfectly fine. That's why Maxine Waters, LeBron James, Colin Kaepernick, they have no fear of communism. Take Patrice Cullors Khan, the leader of Black Lives Matter, trained Marxist. No fear of communism because she's gonna have her four or five houses all across. She's gonna be living good. There's gonna be an elite class of people living at the top, and then there's gonna be everybody else. And <clears throat> The, the thing that confounds and confuses people about me is like, damn, we, lie, we let you into the club. We let you stack <laughs> money. <laughs> you know, you, how come you just ain't on board with being an elite? Yeah. And, and once they figure out like, well, damn, this dude ain't gonna never get on board. They was, <laughs> we gotta cut him out of the mainstream and this corporate game. But again, I'm never, I don't care how much money I have in the bank. I'm never going to be an elite because that's not who made me. My father didn't graduate high school. My mother was a factory worker. My whole life point of view is factory working, middle America, working class people. I want there to be other Jason Whitlocks who can start at the bottom and, and climb all the way up th through some hard work and some luck and some help. 
I just, I, I, I'm telling you, this chaos is planned and orchestrated. When I look at the moves that are being made, for, for, for Maxine Waters to go throw gas on this fire, and uh, for, she's not even being rebuked by her peers. R Republicans are rebuking her, but her peers are acting like nothing happened, and they're making these analogies, well, well Trump did this, so therefore, I, I'm sorry, what, what you can criticize Trump for January 6th. He said nothing on January 6th that is the equivalent of what she said the other day in Minneapolis, nothing. Uh, I don't think the words peaceful came out of her mouth and they mm. did come out of his on January the 6th. And th that's not me trying to defend Trump and the Trump people, y'all with the Trump derangement <laughs> syndrome. Trump derangement <laughs> syndrome. Yeah, they can kiss my ass. I'm talking about <laughs> what's really going on out here in these streets. And there's a promotion of chaos and anarchy and violence that at the end of the day is going to leave black people in a far worse condition. And and take black people out, it's just gonna leave America in a far worse condition. And and we as black people somehow think we're disconnected from the success or failure of America. And it's the most idiotic thought you can have. Uh, man, the thing that's, that concerns me in all of this is that um, as a people, we, we are emotionally manipulated. And, um, and that's why so many women are selected to be the face of these movements. So that kind of emotional energy can be at the forefront. Because the last thing they want is for anyone to think, right? And when I say they, I'm talking about the same people you're talking about. The, the elite or whoever, um, the intelligence community, whatever, man. Black people are really just tools at this point to bring about the chaos that you speak of. Race is gonna be what destroys this country. And that's why there's so much uh, emphasis on race. And that's not to dismiss the, the existence of racism. There, there, there is, in, in every country, in every society, in, there's some kind of ethnic rivalry, dislike, competitiveness. In India, to us, they're all Indians. Over there, you have the Northern Indians who are more Aryan, the Southern Indians who are more Madras. They're darker, they don't like each other. It's like, it, you had the, Cro the Croatians and the Serbs and they're all white to us, but they didn't like each other. You know, that's just human nature. And um, I'm not saying that makes it right, but I think black people, we are, we are made to feel that the injustices that go on are only happening to us. And not that injustices to other people should be some consolation. But when you start thinking on a larger level, you start realizing that, that life just isn't fair. And, and you have to start to figure out how to navigate life to avoid some of the pitfalls. And 
for whatever reason, we are just susceptible to this kind of manipulation. And I think people who, especially black people who incite us to embark on actions that cannot work out to our benefit, they're just despicable, man. Uh, I call them the bootlickers. They are the facilitators of our exploitation. They use the fact that we look the same to make us feel that they are that we are the same and they have us in our in their best interest. And therein lies the deception. They are the great deceivers. And they get paid well for it. You know, I, I you you brought up Patrice Cullors. She was on Mark Lamont Hill trying to justify why she has all those houses. She takes care of her mom. She apparently has a child. Um, she has a brother with uh, some kind of mental disabilities. And, and uh, that's, that's great, Patrice. But don't burn down the house for the rest of us to provide for your kids or your family members. Do what the rest of us do. Get out there and fucking work. Stop with all this grifting shit. And I think Maxine Waters, in my opinion, and and I'm sure she did some things for her community in LA. I would LA. love to know what it is. I, I'm as, long, as, as long as she's been there, she, she had uh, to have done something. It might not no, be much. I disagree right? with that. <laughs> I, and again, I'm not dismissing the possibility she did yeah, something, yeah. but just because she's there a long time doesn't mean she might be there a long time because she has sold out her community. Yo, that they, may be why. They think that she's doing something for them. Uh, she's been outspoken. The, the point that I was getting to is Maxine Waters is just the pinnacle of what Patrice Cullors is trying to become. If you leave Patrice Cullors around long enough, she will be Maxine Waters. The same for Ayanna Presley, uh, the rest of the squad, AOC. The Lyle, next Lori Lightfoots. You talk a bunch of Lori Lightfoots in, in waiting. Oh, man. Lori's not even a compelling speaker. I don't know how Lori got there. Chicago, I don't know. They must have all been on drugs when they hit the switch for um, for, for Beetlejuice because, man, I, I, don't, I don't know what the hell Lori's doing. She was supposed to step down because uh, her spouse was cheating on her. I was thinking to myself, damn, Lori got two women to sleep with her? Unbelievable. What the, what the fuck? You know, but, and these are our leaders. Black people, you got to look up, man. This 85, whatever the hell, old, year old lady with this wig on her head, running her mouth. She should be on the phone talking about soap operas with her peers somewhere, you know? Playing bingo with my mama. Yeah, Beetlejuice. Are these? Are y'all for real? Y'all gonna let these people? But Curtis, I gotta say, the abyss. Come on, now. I, I, I got. It's on us because that's I what I'm saying. I can't believe we are such a matriarchal culture, black culture, and they're trying to make America like. But but we are such a matriarchal culture that we actually believe black men we've been convinced of our inferiority and that's why we're very comfortable 
with Maxine Waters, Patrice Colors Khan, Lori Lightfoot, Kamala Harris. We're very comfortable. Stacey Abrams. Uh, we're very comfortable with that leadership. Very comfortable. Unreal, and, man. Unreal. And, and again, I, I'm all related to the George Floyd truck because I watched it and I'm sorry, but I'm just going to keep it real. They kept playing the tape over and over, and I heard this grown ass man crying out for his mama. Damn. George Floyd. And, and I'm just. You should have been saying, get the fuck up off me, man. Yes. <laughs> he was crying out for his mom. And, and tr people don't want to talk about it, but I could just imagine the average white person listening to that. This is a 46 year old man crying out for his mama. And they're, they're paying, oh, look how him and his mama were so close. And uh, this is a tragedy. And, and I actually do think it is a tragedy that at 46, 47 years old, this man, uh, out of fear of being arrested, is crying out for his mama. And that's why I looked at uh, the Dante Wright. First, he gets pulled over by the police. First thing he do is hop on the phone and call his mama. And I'm just, this is some weak, feminine, Bullshit, we're doing school. Yeah, and, and, I, and I agree. And and on fr this past Friday, this is how tough the propaganda and we've ingested it. The, the whole media messaging on f last Friday, I was at a bar across the street from my house, and I was sitting around talking to a couple of brothers from here in Nashville. I'm not gonna call their names, but <clears throat> one was a rapper and the other guy was in business with him. They're, they're, in, they're in the 35 to 40 year old category. And <clears throat> they're telling me all of this shit, all of this propaganda, Twitter shit that's been espoused and they're just repeating it. And, and at one point I just asked, I said, hey man, who do you think is more likely to kill if, if we die by homicide, who do you think is more likely to do it? The police or the bloods and the crips? Just be real. This is just us talking. Ain't no white people around. Just be real. And this dude swore up and down the police. It was the police, yeah. And, and, and <laughs> swore up and down, wouldn't back up off of it. I was like, hey man, the stats just don't bear. I go, I don't know what neighborhood you grew up in, but that's just not the way. It was in the, you know, my father's neighborhood. When bodies was getting dropped, it wasn't the police. And the funerals that people was going to, like, oh, every weekend there's a funeral because uh, the police shot and killed somebody. I said, dude, you're living in fantasy land. And literally, we having this conversation at like eight or nine o'clock at night. And at midnight, that same night, I'd say a hundred feet tops from where we were sitting and having this conversation, some brother did a drive-by, killed one dude and injured another dude. Killed one black dude and injured another black dude, sent him to the hospital. At midnight that night, a hundred feet from where, at a different bar, a hundred feet from where we were having that conversation. And I sent 
them dudes the news story and say, but but we think the cops are more like a hundred feet from where we were sitting and talking. Somebody got shot. Them, you know, somebody did a drive by and killed two people. I said, we got to cut the bullshit, man. We we have to cut the bullshit. And just as men, if 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 we still are men, are we gonna stand up and believe? that we're most responsible for our survival. I'm, I'm going back to it. I think we talked about it last week, but that's what, I, when I look at the George Floyd deal and I look at our reaction to it, there's no discussion of the behavior that George Floyd could have taken to protect himself. No discussion. We think the government, the police, have to be responsible for us 24 7 365 well that's the job they protect us sir blah 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 my job every day that i'm on this earth is to protect myself and i just i gotta get i know i'm rambling but friday night also because i left early i wasn't there when the shooting popped off but i watched <laughs> bill maher's show on HBO and it's like, wow, here's a liberal. He said some real shit. He, he, he said on national TV that, hey man, we got to start complying with the police. That that needs to be the message. And everybody's talking about some other shit that Bill Barr said on that show, but that was the realest shit said. And, and the fact that you can't say that. Again, I sent you a story from CNN where they were talking about Maxine Waters uh, and how she's given the right wing an excuse to avoid talking about race. And this is not me picking and choosing a right or left side. This is just me following the truth where it goes. White people are not afraid to have a discussion about race. We just don't like the way they want to talk about race. And so the whole Maxine why well, now they don't have to talk about race. Bullshit. They they actually they want to talk about Maxine Waters and what it says about race in America. We don't want to have that discussion. That 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 this woman, 85 years, so fucking out of line, so irresponsible, doesn't believe in the Constitution, wants to overthrow the Constitution and the shit we have established here in America, an idiot. Us idiots in the blood, we keep supporting her like she's Martin Luther King or, 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 or Rosa Parks or somebody. This is a millionaire grifter who, <laughs> until I see some fucking proof, has done nothing other than run her mouth and say some inappropriate shit. Uh, that's, that's her contribution to the black cause. Be it politics. Or, or rap music or sports and entertainment, creating spectacle seems to be the go-to move to increase your relevance for us in particular. Not us exclusively, but that seems to be the go-to move to increase relevance. Uh, it's like, again, like the Gorilla Glue Girl. All you have to do is create a spectacle and you become relevant. And we need to ask ourselves, why is it that easy with us that the most simplest thing, asinine thing, 
nonsensical thing can make somebody relevant. I think that's a reflection on, on, on who we are. You know, I, I've had a I've had an experience recently. Right. So I, I'm looking for writers. I, I want diversity. I do. Most of the writers that's coming to me, they're white. There's a black woman and a black man. Automatically, right? Because they're I like, I gotta get them. Because it has to look right. This is what I'm thinking. The black man, he wants me to promote a program that he's developed about informing people what to do when they get pulled over. Hasn't submitted one article, nothing. He's already got plans on how to use what I'm doing to advance his agenda. And this is so typical when dealing with us, right? Missed the deadline and then say he didn't understand who the target audience was. But you understood the target audience when you wanted to promote your bullshit, right? So I rescinded the offer. And, and, and I say that to say there's so much emphasis on racism in our community when the reality is, and I am an employer, so I have a different vantage point. So many of us just don't know how to get out of our own way. And when it doesn't work out, then we're going to blame it on all these other factors. And it's not that these factors don't exist. It's that these factors didn't even apply to you, motherfucker, because you weren't even that good to begin with. And, and we have to have an honest conversation with ourselves before we can even have an honest conversation with anyone else, Jason. And that relates to my conversation I was having Friday with these two brothers. And, and I said, look, man, the police kill 250 of us a year. Most of the guys are armed when they get killed. You know, there, there's about six to 12 controversial police shootings related to us a year. I go, but in mass, they kill about 250 of us a year. We kill five to 10,000, I don't know, 20,000. I don't know, a year we kill. And I go, but we keep saying, let's have a conversation between the police and black men on how they can get along so we can correct these six to 12 controversial killings or 250 total killings, but no one is promoting passionately. Hey man, black men, we need to have a conversation among ourselves Facts. on how we can get along better so that when we're at a club in Nashville or, or uh, Cincinnati or Chicago, we don't have to go through metal detectors just to get in the club. And that every time it goes out into the parking lot when the club shuts down, we're not shooting at each other. That's the conversations we need to be having because it's just not, again, I, there's a bunch of clubs. I'm in Nashville, it's a party town. There's a bunch of clubs that aren't having regular drive-by shootings. And this club is. They've had like six shootings in four weeks. Is it a strip know, club? Is a, no. Oh my no. God. 
and, and, and Curtis, I'm telling this is a high uh, rent area. I'm paying major money to live, and so is everybody else on this street. This is not, I'm not in the hood. I'm in downtown or midtown, but, you know, it's it's just, it's crazy, man. And I just, the media has done such a job. This morning, I'm telling you, I went on CNN.com because I just like to see what they're saying. Everything was just race, 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 race. From Maxine I, I can't Water. take it. I can't take it, man. And it's like they're gassing us up. And, and I, I'm telling you, I've already expressed what I think the end game is here. They, they chaos is a ladder. They want as much chaos as possible to justify a more military presence, and they want to federalize military presence. They don't yeah. want local, state. <laughs> uh, military. They they don't. They want federal control of policing, and uh, they <laughs> they want a justification for that. And we're headed that direction. But I I, I can't. I want to. What do you think the end game is? I'm gonna get this phone to stop it from ringing. But what do you think the end game is? I'm, I'm waiting on you, Jason. Gotcha. Well, you said you said civil war, right? I, I I I can't see that happening. But I think if there is a civil war, it won't be between blacks and whites, it may very well be between whites and, and the military. Because black people, they're advocating, at least black politicians, elected officials, black voters, they're very much against gun ownership. <laughs> so the, they're not trying to fight anybody. They're just trying to talk shit, man, and tweet and, and march. I think a civil war is going to require violence, uh, you know, in the context of the historic civil war. But now that I'm thinking about it, let me say this. I think yeah. there's already a civil war going on. I know. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think it's an ideological war. I, I don't know if it will um, erupt into actual violence. Something happened when Obama became president and in his second term. The first term probably set the stage for, but definitely in his second term, you, you saw the, the creation of the Black Lives Matter movement and um, it, everything just became race, 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 race. Now, I don't know if you talk to people on the left, they will say that it was an organic response to a black president. And if you talk to people on the right, they will say, that the left were sowing those seeds under a black president. Which one is the truth? I don't know. But see, the thing is with me, right? I pay attention and my mind is open. I make it clear all the time. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. But what I want to do is survive. I don't like when black people are being utilized to be a, 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 a spark for any kind of violence. 
in a greater war that's really not going to benefit us. You said earlier that Maxine Waters and Patrice Cullors and the rest of those people think that they're going to be okay under communists. I got two words for them. Jack Ma. He has more money than all of them. But nobody really knows what's going on with him right now in China because he's run afoul of the CCP. When you don't have the people and you help create a totalitarian state, all you have to do is fall out of favor and you have nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. At least in America, you can rally the people and they have to be careful how they deal with you a certain way because there could be some kind of reaction. But in a place like China, in, in a total totalitarian country, a multi-billionaire like Jack Ma, he had disappeared for months and no one knew where he was. He surfaced just one time. He's not really saying anything. It could have been staged. Who knows? They've even seized property from uh, Jackie Chan, who was a, a staunch supporter of the CCP. So I hope Black people are paying attention. At least I'm talking about the Black elite. If you think you're going to be safe, I wouldn't be too sure about that. Once you're no longer needed, you're no longer needed. Understand that. And your money can't help you. I, I You make a hell of a point. I, I want to go back to something you said, though, uh, early in, the, in that comment was that... What, what I, I, oh man, I don't, my, <laughs> my train of thought, I'm showing my age. Uh, That's the liquor from last night, bro. That ain't I, age. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting these text messages, phone calls, trying to figure out. But I think that black, as we as black people don't understand the vulnerable position we're putting ourselves in that what I think, why I think they're, they're gonna, there will be some sort of success in promoting a race war is because I think there's conservative white people, Trump supporters, Christian white people, what evangelicals they call them or whatever, that are very, yeah, very aware, like, Man, black people are getting played. They are aware that we are getting played. We are buying the propaganda. They, they say, like, man, if they only knew, blah, blah, blah. But what, what's going to eventually happen, or what I think is happening, is like, well, damn. If they're going to be this stupid and allow themselves to be used in this way and put our freedoms in jeopardy because they won't snap out of the brainwashing of corporate media. And so when I say these riots and looting and mass chaos that could be coming because of the George Floyd trial and Maxine Waters and all these guys are promoting, eventually what, again, because white people are very protective about their guns, conservative white people are. Uh, because again, they really believe in self-reliance. And so if your behavior is going to be part of the justification for taking away the guns, 
and for installing socialism, communism, the, the, uh, the more of the China influence in America, what those white people are going to be like, we got to do something about these fucking idiots that have fallen for the brainwashing and have put all of American freedoms in jeopardy. We got to put them in place before we can even put the elites in place. And that's where my concern comes from in terms of, of how we're being, we're allowing ourselves to be used. We somehow think there's this, and again, at 12, 13% of the population, we somehow think that the, there's these magical white liberals who fucking love us and they don't. And when push comes to shove, their end game doesn't have a fucking thing to do with empowering us or uplifting us. We're going to get sacrificed, man. We're being. Boom, that's my point. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, and, and that's the thing that people, a lot of people don't get it. At the end of the day, they are anticipating the reaction you just described. And the black community are just, in their eyes, useful idiots to be used as cannon fodder, cannon fodder and conscripts, not the real troops. And, and then whatever happens to us will be justification for them to do what they've wanted to do all along, you know, as far as dealing with the other whites. Because this is really a battle between different factions of white people. No question. This, it's not, and, and that's why I don't really, you know, some black people get killed by the police and all that, but the, those deaths are being utilized to, to exacerbate the playing field, to set the stage for that eventual showdown. These people have been at each other for a long time. They differ in a lot of things in a lot of ways, man. Um, you know, we're we, we talking about George Floyd and Dante Wright. But there was just a, a, a young black girl just yesterday, seven years, seven years old, killed in a drive-by. And at McDonald's. At McDonald's. Like she's she's, yep. she's not in an alley like Adam Toledo with a gun at 2:30 a.m. in the morning. She's going to McDonald's to get a happy meal and she's dead. And where is the outcry? And and and, and that should be the tip-off to black people because there's a list you can Google the list about black kids killed by gun violence, children. And uh, there's uh, so many of them when you see the faces. And no one uses that because it doesn't help the objective, which is to incite things racially to, to help set the stage for this showdown that these different white factions are having. I've got to tell black people, don't be a fucking dummy, man. Mind your business. Mind your fucking business, man. Also, so, so look, take care. Look, take care of yourself. Build your community. Get out the fucking way, man. That's my I, advice. And I would go a step further because that's certainly sound advice. But uh, again, develop an under, a true understanding of the history of this country. And because and, again, this is how we're being played. 
in terms of if you study history, it's like white people and their religious freedom, their belief in Christianity, these evangelicals that have been demonized, in my view, inappropriately, and then their guns. And, and their guns are a symbol of their self-reliance. Again, the media has told you that the gun is a symbol of their gun nuts. And literally, it's, it's, it's the gun is a like, no, 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 no. America is about freedom and self-reliance and the individual. And so I'm gonna have a gun to protect myself. And if you take away the gun, I get what they're saying, we're no longer America. We're no longer the ultimate place for freedom and self-reliance. They feel, and I believe just, and I've, I've, I have pivoted. I don't own a gun, but I've pivoted on my beliefs about a gun because now I understand what it represents. And I'm looking at a group of people trying to take freedoms away and like, wow, they really are as uh, crazy and, and as revolutionary as people on the right have said. But, but if, if as black people, if our uh, love of looting and chaos and rioting over George Floyd and all that other stuff, one, and again, white people are sitting around like, this shit here is being used to take away our freedoms and to empower the government even more and more. And, and they're also doing the calculus like, hey, black people say they're religious, but politically they support every piece of debauchery that the, the left legalizes from abortion on down. And so where we as black people sit and say, well, racism eliminates you from being a Christian. Meanwhile, we are just as racist as they are. The, the evangelicals are saying your support of abortion eliminates you from being considered a Christian. And they don't, and who knows what they do in their private lives. Maybe they're just as hypocritical. Maybe they're all getting abortions too. I, 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 don't, I don't think so. But, but if, if I'm just telling you, we are going to be in this bigger war between the right and the left and people that believe in communism, socialism versus people that believe in traditional American freedom. We are... We have chosen to be on the side of the communists and socialists, and, and they are the tool, we are the tool that they're using to jam all kinds of shit down America's throat. We're going to be the first casualties. It's gonna be like every other movie, black people get eliminated first, and then the real movie's gonna play out among white people. And, and, and I'm just sorry, I've come to the conclusion we should be on the other team. The American freedom has been good to us, better to us than any other system on the planet. But if, if I wish, I wish everybody could go to China, 
Go to some of these other countries and see how black people, dark-skinned people are treated. It's not better than what we're getting treated here in America. And when they institute communism and Marxism and eliminate religion and we become more of a secular country, wait until you see the level of degeneracy, depravity, uh, sin that atheists are capable of. Oh yeah, there's no morality, none. And so I, and again, that's not, I'm friends with some atheists who are very good people. I'm not talking about y'all individually, but there are, are those of us that believe the only way to really combat sin and man's degenerate, uh, depraved, violent nature is through belief in a higher power. And once that's gone- Someone to answer to. Yes. Once that's gone, all hell's gonna break loose and we are going to catch the first piece of that hell. And and I, I just, I, I look at Maxine Waters, I, I look at our leadership, I look at LeBron and these influences and, and they are selling us out. And I'm sorry to say that. I know some of y'all are groupies. And, <laughs> you know, any of these celebrities with money, you think their shit don't stink, their farts don't stink. They don't get sweat. They're, they're the perfect end. They're different than you. No, they're not. They just got more money than you. Most of them are fucking idiots and sellouts. You know, Jason, um, at my age, I, I've come to the conclusion, right? Um, for us, people say, what's the solution? We need to do this. We need to do that. We have to, we need to have first and foremost, some personal growth and development that comes from being exposed to different things and different types of people to help us with our maturity because some of the views and expectations expressed by adults almost seem like it's coming from a kid sometimes. Um, for me, the first thing I did was understand that no one owes me anything. And even if they do, unless I can force them to pay it, there's no need thinking about it because you just get yourself frustrated. And when you start your day and your life with somebody owes me, you will perpetually be disappointed when you don't get what you think you're deserved, what you deserve. So my my thing is, man, we gotta we gotta move away from that thinking for our own sanity. For for our own sanity, because a lot of us wake up every day just looking for reasons to be mad. Man, they did that because he's black. They doing this because of these white people ain't trying to give me no jobs. This, that, the other, the third. I'm not gonna tell you any of it is true or it's false. I'm gonna tell you that you gotta find a way in spite of all of that, whether it be true or false, you gotta get out here and work. And that's that's what I do, man. I work every day to make sure I have something. So I, I won't even put somebody in a position where they can discriminate me against me and deny me something that I need because I find a way to 
to get what I need on my own. And we have to take ownership with that. Otherwise, you can sit around with the rest of the people handing out um, invoices that nobody's paying attention to, looking at you like you're crazy. And just because uh, George Floyd got what, 27 million, the family, I don't know, they got a lot of money. And Breonna Taylor and all of them, it doesn't do anything for you. What's your plan? Are you going to get killed too so your family can get some money? Or are you going to do something while you're alive to make sure your family gets some money? And I don't mean do what Patrice Cullors did to take care of her mom, her kid, and her brother. We just got to get out here and just, just be adults, man. The world ain't fair. You're going to have to figure it out. You're going to meet some white people who are assholes. You're going to meet some cops who are assholes. You're going to meet black people who are assholes. And if you move around primarily black people, you'll probably meet more black assholes than you will any of the others. What are you going to do, man? You're going to have to figure it the fuck out. Be a fucking adult. Get your head out the, the hole in the ground and, and, and get some results, man. Figure it the fuck out, man. Nobody's going to do it for you. Black, white, or other. Nobody's going to do it for you. I can't add anything to that. <laughs> <You're not. laughs> You're not. Yeah, I, I don't even like to get into, you know, telling people they're wrong or whatever. All I'm telling you is, man, I, for me, I rely on me. You know, I, I, I do. I, I, I have other people that I deal with as far as business and they're reliable sometimes for a period. Sometimes that period is extended. Sometimes it's brief. But ultimately, my, my effort has to be consistent no matter what. Theirs can waver, but mine cannot. I will never let me down. I, I just can't do that, man. And I'm not giving America, Trump, Biden, whoever, Maxine Waters, the opportunity to just let me down, man. And, and, and speaking of Adam Toledo, man, what are your thoughts on a 13-year-old in an alley at 2.30 a.m. running from police with a weapon? You well, were saying that they, they called him Little Homicide? Yeah, they call him Little Homicide and... Look, it, it relates to the conversation I was having Friday that I was telling you about because he got brought up and, and I was like, well, first of all, he ain't black. And the guy, yeah, well, he ain't white. I go, yeah, but you think the cop chasing after him uh, at, you know, two in the morning knew what color he was or anything like that? I go, the, the dude had a gun. And when he flipped around real quick, I don't think the cop knew what the guy was, you know, was, he was unarmed. He tossed the gun away. And I'm like, man, they expecting these cops to be Superman, to, to run after people, get all hyped, jacked up and excited. Uh, and I'm not talking about excited in a positive way. I'm just talking about scared, nervous. It's two in the morning, little homicide is running with a gun. You don't know how old he is. Uh, you know, you can be, you can it be don't 40 matter. years. Yeah, sure. He got a gun and he turns around real quick and the guy's shot. Uh, 
you know, so man, gang culture again, it just goes back to uh, you know, this guy, not some angel, just Dante Wright, not some angel. I I, I just I go back to what you said. I think the woman's the little girl's name was Jasmine or something like that. Yeah. They got shot at the the drive-through with her daddy. And I go, that I don't understand how our emotions are triggered. Seven-year-old girl gets shot and no one nationally feels anything. And this little homicide gets shot and it's a national tragedy. Look, man, there's so many little kids, innocent little children. Like they're not running around two o'clock in the morning. They're in their homes, bullets coming through the windows, the walls. You can't even blame, say, well, the parents put them in harm's way, nothing. And nobody's saying anything about it because it cannot be politically exploited. And black people just have to stop being useful idiots. That doesn't mean that if a cop kills George Floyd, he should walk free or anything like that. But we have to prioritize things. And, and I, I feel like, again, with the family, the family structure, this kid, Adam Toledo, is 13 years old. I don't, I mean, I wish that he wasn't killed. All right. I, I don't wish any 13-year-old, anyone to get killed, but especially a child, because even though he's reckless now, allegedly, he could have turned around and be somebody different. I mean, because I can tell you for a fact that at 56, I'm a very different individual than I was at 22. You know, it's, in time, people do evolve and change, and he just never got that chance. However, all the people who are so sympathetic would you have wanted to be in the alley with little homicide, two thirty in the morning with no police around? Do you think little homicide would just walk right past you and say, "Hey, man, what's up?" Or would he would his inclination be to see what you have a value on you? I mean, it's two thirty in the morning. He's thirteen years old. He's armed, and for a lot of people. And what I find is that people personalize so many things that really have nothing to do with the way they live. It, it, it may come as a shock to people, but in some of these communities, right, especially communities like Chicago, or the inner cities, these, these rough places, Philadelphia, which they call Philadelphia, or Baltimore, which they call Bodymore. You understand these places have these names for a reason. A lot, not a lot, but a, a significant number of the killers make their first kill at around 13, 14, 15 years old. So when you're looking at a 13 year old, you're thinking of yourself when you was 13 and you was as harmless as could be. You might've said something and run off but yo, man, there are 13-year-olds, 14, 15-year-olds who are out there who are very dangerous, extremely dangerous. After, to me, after 11 o'clock at night, those are what I call vampire hours. And if you're out those hours, you better be able to take care of yourself. That's just how I think. And that has nothing to do with police. 
anybody who's out after them hours, man, they they better be able to take care of themselves, man, because otherwise you need to be in the house by 10 p.m., bro. That's just my thoughts. I'm just trying to figure out how we have been worked in such a way ever since Trayvon Martin that we have, they've manipulated everything that here on April 20th, 2021, the, 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 the mental health, the level of violence in America or the emotional health of America is centered around George Floyd. I'm wow. just, it's like George Floyd is MLK. Oh. And, and again, I'm not saying that to diminish George Floyd, but the guy made it to age 46. And on the day of his passing, he was high as a kite, passing a fake $20 bill and fully resisting arrest from the police. I don't think he was going to transition into Mark, uh, Malcolm X uh, no. or, or, or some. And again, it sounds like I'm just killing this dude. And I'm not, I've, again, I've experienced the loss of a loved one, the police violence. I don't take these things lightly, but I'm just trying to, the entire nation is on pins and needles over George Floyd and what happens to the person who assisted George Floyd's suicide. Because that's really, that's why manslaughter is the appropriate. The guy was on a death path, no question about it. And so it would be almost like, Curtis, if we hang up here and I drop dead of a heart attack, I don't want anybody to be mad at McDonald's for assisting me. No. I, I, that's on me. And George Floyd assisted. There's just no question. If I watched in those closing arguments, I saw the defense and the prosecution used the, the video. And again, somebody who knows George. Black dude was standing up, George, get in the car. You're going to have a heart attack, man. Somebody was telling him, like, hey, man, you're stressing yourself out. The guy basically, some, some Negro was standing on the street and predicted what was going to happen. And so Derek Chauvin assisted him in death, and there should be a price for that. Facts. But I don't think we as a nation should be sitting around on pins and needles worried about what this verdict is and it's some kind of dramatic statement about the United States of America. How America deals with, I'm just sorry, these are the facts, a violent drug addict <laughs> is not some big statement on America because regardless of race. If you're a violent drug addict, America's law enforcement is not going to handle you with kid gloves. That's just a fact. When you call them a violent drug addict, 
Are you talking about his previous charges? Because was he behaving violently that day? No, 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 no. I'm talking about he put a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach. And generally speaking, I guarantee he was probably high on some sort of drugs when he did that. And again, I don't know much about home invasions and shit like that and going to collect money or whatever. <laughs> but a lot of these dudes is high on drugs when they're doing it. And so I'm just, when you have a long rap sheet and some of us gun violence and blah, 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 and you're addicted to drugs, America's law enforcement, I'm just telling you, is regardless of color. And, and everybody can show their little one-off. Dude, I, I told these guys on Friday, I was like, hey man, your worldview is controlled by anecdotes. And, and and I was not surprised. They didn't know what an anecdote was. <laughs> they did not. I had to tell them. It's not funny, Curtis. It's not. It's really not. I knew they didn't know what it was, but go ahead. <laughs> Kurt, they're not alone. Look, and man. sometimes I've been ridiculed. I've written <laughs> columns where I will define words that people are like. What do you mean? Why are you defining the word? You think your audience is that dumb? And, and I'm. I'm speaking to an audience. Again, these are white people like, man, y'all just don't know who I'm speaking to. I'm not writing to the Ivy League crowd. I'm not trying to reach them. And no, literally, dude asked me what an anecdote was, and I had to tell him. Yeah. Uh, you, and I go, you, you, I go, because trust me, and I kept like, there's a group of white people sitting behind us. And I go, they got anecdotes too. For every anecdote you think you got, they got them too. And so they could be sitting over there, man, the black did this, the black did that. Yeah. They got anecdotes. Yeah. I go, but there are statistics and data and research out there that contradict all this bullshit you're saying. Look, oh man. You know, you, you try to talk around it, right? I, and when I say you, I mean people like us. So we say emotional thinkers, we say that they have to be mature, but let's be honest. The people like Maxine and Patrice, they target non-thinkers, non-critical thinkers. And I'm still trying to be nice. They target people who could be easily swayed and manipulated. And unfortunately, right, I think in every demographic, the percentage is still, is, is pretty much the same. However, in our demographic, we are constantly being manipulated in a way to put us in the crosshairs of other groups. And that's not to say there aren't people exploited members of their own groups. I'm sure Bernie Madoff uh, took a lot of Jews money who trusted him and so on and so forth. But Bernie Madoff, he wasn't indoctrinating them with a, a self-destructive ideology. He just took their money and he stole it and put them in the poorhouse. I wish that the grifters in the black community would draw the line right there. But they, they're putting family values, personal values into the minds of the gullible that will not only make them uh, ripe for exploitation at that moment, but for all the other exploiters that's coming down the line. This has been going on with us forever, man. 
we just, I mean, I, I hate to be vulgar, but we're just like a big fat pussy waiting to get fucked, man. And it's, it's, it's sad, man. It's fucking sad, man. This is where I think there is legitimate criticism of white people and as it relates to us. And I, I'm sorry, I've mostly, I'm talking about white liberals because I don't think there is an equality of dysfunction between black and white, black and Asian. I, I think that uh, the white liberals in control of, of the cultures have, have defined black culture as ignorant because there's no other culture where you can be criticized amongst your peers for getting straight A's or for being a good student or for talking proper English. Uh, you know, we, we're the only group that it's being, this unapologetically black. No other group says that. <laughs> and and then so like I, what I, the fuck does that mean right <laughs> literally because that's what I, when i see people in their bio and unapo- well, what does that mean to you well how do you be how are you unapologetically black does it mean is unapologetically black mean i speak the king's english better than anybody mm-hmm. i'm the smartest person in my class i'm the most responsible person uh, amongst my peers, I'm more committed to my family. And so is it any of those things? What does unapologetically black mean? And, and, and how do you do, is it, and again, come, I wear corn rolls. Uh, I support black lives matters. Uh, I know the rap lyrics and the history of every rapper in the world. Uh, I'm pro-black. And, and again, because I think most people will say Patrice Cullors Khan, she's unapologetically black, but she moved to a neighborhood with 1.4% black people. And so this is all bullshit. This unapologetically black, you don't want to be around black people. You don't want to set a standard of excellence and for 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 black people okay i just want somebody to define it and for the most part it's some bullshit as far as i understand it. maybe somebody in the comments put, take on this challenge and i will get in the comments and respond seriously <laughs> no, i will somebody somebody take it upon themselves to list the five or six characteristics of being unapologetically black and i am open to a real discussion on this and not trying to ridicule people. Uh, Cause I'd like to know what that definition is and, and see if it's a worthy pursuit. Look, man, our indoctrination, right? is so heavy that we, we, we it's, you wanna, it looks like we're under a spell but the mind fuck is so strong with us, right? So I was sent this here. Uh, 
scholar, activist, and award-winning playwright, actress, is going to address the class of 2021 at Spelman. And also Angela Davis. And the lady who um, who is, uh, she's a Tony-nominated playwright. Her name is Denai Guerri, best known for her roles as General Okoye in Marvel's 2018 <laughs> Academy Award-winning blockbuster, The Black Panther. This, now Spellman is where the Black elite women, HBCU, mm. they got this nut job, Angela Davis, who uh, was converted to Marxism. She went to the Frankfurt School, um, was taught by Herbert Marcuse. And if you research the Frank Frankfurt School, you will see what it's all about. This is who they're having address our kids in 2021. Washed up, has been activists from the 60s and a woman who was a general in a Amazon Black army in, in Black Panther. Are these Wakanda. Are these yes, yeah, so she's from some fictional world. And, yeah. and, and, and then when you start seeing how layered this shit is, right? How, how fabricated our heroes and role models are. Then you understand why the brightest, the brightest and best that we have to offer are fucking idiots. Their role models are idiots. And this is how we get duped. They ensure that critical thinking does not get rewarded. They reward nonsense. Angela Davis is a, a, a an avowed, she's a lesbian. She started off liking men, I believe, but you know, a lot of those women in the Panthers back then, they had a pretty rough ride, you know. Uh, Selling pussy. <laughs> I, I mean to laugh, but you were so blunt with it. I'm trying, I'm trying to talk around this. But yeah, a lot of them was getting pimped out. You're damn right. Getting their ass beat. You're damn right. So I can understand why she might not like men at this point in her life. That's not the issue. My thing is, what has she done? What the fuck has she done but wear a big ass afro and hold up a fucking a fist? I don't know what the fuck she has done that she needs to be the commencement speaker for women, young black women graduating from an elite black school. And but, see, and there's, there, there, there's a lot of uh, colluding going on in black academia, the black clergy, black politics so when I, when you see the black community in disarray it, it's not as simple as are they they damn stupid it's everybody who's supposed to be looking out for us is misdirecting our youth and then you got people like me and you jason well shit are they quick to tell me uh, ain't you the guy that killed Jam Master Jay and all this stupid shit, even though they, they, they've they been arresting people for it, you know, but anything to undermine us, they'll call you a, a coon or whatever. Call me a coon too. My name is Scoon. It rhymes with coon. They think they're doing something. These motherfuckers, man, 
they are on their way to the slaughterhouse and they don't even know it. They're not even back. aware. I want to go back to having previously spoken at some universities, including my own ball state, I spoke at Harvard. This was back before all this woke shit was going on. There's a check being cut for all these speakers. And so, and then, so who's cutting the check or who's donating the money so Spellman can cut the check? And this is where I go back to, there's a group of white liberals uh, who are financing this stuff. And I'm sure it's a way of, they gotta prop Angela Davis up, make sure she can pay her bills so that she's someone to be emulated by the women in Spelman. And so somebody's probably giving her 20, 25,000, maybe 50,000 to come speak at Spelman. And somebody donated that money to Spelman. And I would tend to bet it's some white liberal group. Of course it is. Of course it's the it Black is. Lives Matter money that's being circulated to this speaker and that speaker. And so, again, when you send someone to be the commencement speaker, you're basically you're telling the women of Spelman, actress, activist, you have to act. You have to put performing is the role for you to go into. We're not going to send you uh, some lawyer. We're not going to send you some uh, super accomplished journalist that won a Pulitzer Prize. We're not going to do any of that. We're going to send you an actress and an activist who are basically the same thing. And again, that, that's, again, what's put in front of Black people's face, basketball, rapping, and acting. That's who's celebrated, and anybody who is trying to be intellectual, trying to play the chess game of life, those are people that sold out. They're, they're not for you to emulate. And, and so there are no checks cut for that. And, and I'm not trying to let us off the hook, but I cannot deny the reality that white liberals, uh, many of them from a certain tribe are financing this. I mean, uh, a lot of them. The money's coming from somewhere. All these people, in some way, shape, or form, are just tap dancing for money. And the nerve of them to attack people like you or me for just being our own individual thinkers and, and creating a way for ourselves. When all they do is cuddle up next to these people who will dump them when the time is up. You know, um, there's there was an LA oh, Times- I wanna, say, I wanna say one thing though, school. Mm -hmm. I, I can't get that mad at Angela Davis for taking the check or this actress from taking the check. No. I, I can't get that mad at them. I'm, I'm mad at the school for it. having them come there. I can't, the schools, a lot of these, compared to the white schools, the endowments, the schools are desperate for money. And so anybody that'll cut them a check, they will accept. And, and, oh man, yo bro, you just touched on it. 
Do you know uh, Howard has the largest endowment and it's about 700 million? And that's the, that's the HBCUs. And it's larger by, than everyone by far. And Harvard has the largest endowment for the PWIs and they have $40 billion. And, and because of the money, right, economically, and this is why I don't understand why we don't emphasize trades and skills that, are, that can generate revenue and create jobs and infra economic infrastructure within our own community. Because if we're gonna talk about a black community, right? We have to build that community and it's gonna take skilled people to do it, right? And, 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 and I, I just don't get it. We're all being, we're all looking at activism and entertainment, which is relying on the largesse or, or generosity of other people to either give us work, fund our movements and all that. We are volunteering for enslavement when we make that our plan A to fix our community. We have to utilize our own talents and build economically. For that reason, those HBCUs have volunteered those students for testing for COVID to get money um, the, the lack of money in our community is dictating everything. So our quote unquote blackness is being defined by our brokenness. And, and that has to change because if we have our own money, then we can define ourselves. And that's where the self-determination comes from. You have to be able to pay for the things you want to change. You can't come up with all these ideas to fix your community and then give somebody else the bill. That shit so, does not work, man. Let, let's take LeBron James. I'm sitting here thinking it through because people will be like, well, man, look at the, the money LeBron James makes. He could be the independent businessman who could um, uh establish a certain standard. He could stand on his own two feet, but, but at a very early age, at age 18, when it was legal, and I'm sure probably by the age, age 13, when it wasn't legal, Nike and shoe companies were funneling LeBron James money different ways through supporting his AAU coaches or fuck just straight out transactions funneling him and his mama money. And so they built up a loyalty within LeBron James. Man, when I didn't have shit, Nike bought me a Hummer. Nike, uh, you know, did X, Y, and Z for my mama. And then as soon as I turned pro out of high school, Nike gave Maverick Carter a job, LeBron's best friend. They gave him a job at Nike, I think paying around $300,000, just basically to babysit LeBron. And so LeBron may be sitting here now at age 36, 37 with all this money and like, man, I, I'm the boss. I can, But Nike's hooks are so deep in him 
and he's got so much loyalty towards them and they have so much dirt on him. That dirt, dirt like what, man? What kind of dirt? <laughs> the dirt any man would have wow. that has that kind of money and fame. Yeah. And, uh, you know, particularly a young man yeah. that isn't even aware, like... Of the pitfalls thinks, and traps, yeah, because he yeah. doesn't have a father to guide him. Thank you. Or, 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 and even if he did have a father... Boy, this is at such an elevation. Yeah, the that, father might not even know. Yeah, he, the father may be, because again, I've seen a lot of these athletes that have relationships with their father. I'm not going to call the NFL running back out that I sat next to at the uh, Wilder Fury fight, the last mm -hmm. one, sat right next to him. They were dressed just alike, big gold chains, Watches goofy earring. dad, goofy dad. Yeah, the father dressed just like him. You would have thought the dad. father was in the NFL. And literally, when I met him, I was like, Is this your brother? Oh, this is my dad. Blah blah blah. I mean, they both just and so the father was all into the bling, just like the son. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I'm just LeBron's instincts, and LeBron keeps thinking, probably at some point. I'm going to have my independence. And no, he's not. Wow. No, he Nike and that system have their hooks in him. And so it, it, it's, it, it's the golden handcuffs. And that, like, like, take Tim Duncan. Right. Played for the Spurs. Uh, the guy never really did commercials. He didn't go chase every dollar he could. He was like, man, I'm making... 14, 20 million dollars a year from the NBA. I'm good. And I got enough, blah, blah. He'll never have the money, but you know, guys probably got, I think he got ripped off by an agent or something. He probably got a hundred million in the bank or whatever. He's, he's like, good. good. Yeah, he's, he's good. good. And, but that type of money, he could probably do some things that like, I know David Robinson. Uh, that also paper is doing great things around San Antonio and across the country. You know, long before LeBron built a school, David Robinson did. You know, he went to the Naval Academy and all that other stuff. But uh, I, I'm not, I can't even remember what got me there, but I, I just, we should be trying. And, and again, this is my problem with Patrice Cullors, the Black Lives Matter person. She, she's sitting there, there, I gotta take care of my mama. I gotta take care of this brother. And I need these four houses and their investment. And, and, and I'm thinking, well, hold on, man. There are people making $60,000, $70,000 a year taking care of their mama, their brother, their baby, blah, blah, blah. You ain't got to be an ultimate millionaire with all these different places you gotta live. And so if you were really down for the struggle, you might have a house or two, but you would be taking a bunch of that other money and like, well, I'm gonna go invest in my hometown of Inglewood or- Affordable wherever. housing, like they like to talk about. Yeah. yeah, or no, just go build a business of some sort. Even if it's a media company in, cause I know in South Central somewhere, blah, blah to give black kids an opportunity or young people for, to come make money and build something, you would be doing shit like that. Not just 
how many houses can I buy and how much can I make it so that all everybody in my family can live as best they can. Because again, if you build some legitimate businesses, they're not charities. Maybe you make a bunch of money, you build something big and powerful and you make even more money. We, we just don't have that entrepreneurial spirit, school. It never crosses our mind. I, I, think, I think a lot of us do, but I think these people, they make their money from pump faking, they, they're, they're, they're running game. There's no need to do any real work when they're getting money duping, duping people. You know, take Ayanna Pressley, the Congresswoman from Massachusetts, member of the squad. She says rent cancellation is literally a matter of life and death. Turns out she's a landlord collecting rent and introduce legislation for the federal government to reimburse landlords. <laughs> Look at that. Hey, effectively shifting the rent payment onto the taxpayer while she keeps getting her money. You, you understand? Like these people, why would you want to work and do the hard thing when it's just so easy to say the right things, create spectacle, incite riots? and do all these other things and get big checks. Uh, Patrice Cullors has three homes. Four. It, but three in LA. Gotcha. Three in one city, bro. I don't give a fuck. She, 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 look, essentially she has a house for her mom, look, her brother and her and her kid. You know what I mean? Like this- And her woman. Uh, well, her woman got her own house down in Georgia with the hangar for the small airplane. It's we know what it is, man. I, I'm they're not, they're I'm not gonna work hard because they don't have to, and they don't have to work hard because we make it easy for them. And I like the fact that they're being exposed. As a matter of fact, there's a um a LA Times article where Phil Burke, the former Hollywood Foreign Press Association president. You can't get more liberal than that. Called BLM, a hate group, and criticized Patrice Cullors in an email sent just Sunday. But here's the catch with him. Back in 2003, he groped uh, Brandon Frazier, <laughs> the actor, <laughs> and, and Frazier's been talking about it. So uh, yes. Burke is your typical white liberal deviant, like Adam Bennett and um Terry Harvey Cruz. Weinstein. Yeah, and all and all and all and all of them, right? That, 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 to me, when you're in that world, that is the norm. These aren't aberrations. These are just the ones we hear about. I think a lot of people who are in that mix, they get prepositioned and they go along with this type of shit all the time for the money. But yes, the white liberals are starting to turn on people like Patrice Cullors. And, and black activists need to pay attention. At some point after you've served your purpose, you will be discarded like the trash that you are. Keep that in mind. And you, as long as I'm around, you ain't coming back home, Jack. I'm gonna make sure I remind everybody what a piece of shit you was.
I'm going to defend, just play a little devil's advocate. Go ahead, bro. Also some truth. Patrice Cullen. I, I saw something over the internet, over social media, that, that put it all in perspective. Al Sharpton, oh, Lord. either on Instagram or Twitter. With the airplane. <laughs> yes, the <laughs> private plane. He posted a picture. It I'm headed his. to Minneapolis to be with George Floyd and his family. It and, ain't his, man. Trust me. But again, in the back, but again he's flexing. This is a, supposed to be a minister who's in his 60s, 70s. He's supposed to be beyond... And I, I know these guys all wear gator shoes and expensive uh, suits and blah, blah, blah. And I, I guess he's Creflo Dollar or whatever. Uh, but, but I'm like, this, this is who the role model is. This is making it as an activist. I get to fly around on private planes and go pretend like George Floyd was Martin Luther King. That's the hustle. He's the robot. He was Obama's, uh, one of his insiders that got access to the White House and blah, blah, blah. And all the shit, the bullshit that Sharpton has been involved with. And I just kept, I was like, Sharpton? I, you done leaped over it again. I don't know what T.D. Jakes has going on. Maybe he wasn't interested, but there's all kinds of black ministers you could throw that kind of spotlight on, but but he threw it on Sharpton and Sharpton's just about the bag. And so should we really be surprised that the daughters, because that Tamika Mallory, she grew up in Sharpton's organization. Yes. Should we be shocked that the daughters of, of these grip, these race hustlers are, have just taken the hustle to another level? My thing with Sharpton and that picture of the, the jet, it made me feel like he's not doing as good as people think he is. And I'll tell you why. You know, Bob Johnson, who sold BET, he's a billionaire. You would never see Bob Johnson post a clip like that. He doesn't have to. And people who really have money, they, they're not really trying to flaunt it. I understand the young the young entertainers, that's what they do. You know, the athletes, they're young, they knew the money. So they want you to know, look at me, America. I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing what I do. However, Sharpton is almost 70 years old. He's supposed to be beyond that. But he's just started flying on private jets within the last five years. He's a low-level hustler, man. Sometimes, you know, when, when white people, they, 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 they talk about Sharpton, I'm saying to myself, you really letting this nobody motherfucker take up too much time in your space. He's a peon. He's a fucking peon. As soon as Obama left, they kicked his ass off MSNBC. I think they put him on 8 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Nobody's watching that time. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, he, to me, he, he's, he's irrelevant. He's washed. He's washed up. He's playing the game to appeal to the younger generation, showing them walking to the jet and all that shit. I don't think that motherfucker's really that effective. I don't think, I certainly don't think he's getting paid. He has to get his ass out there every day because he's from the old guard and, and they're switching to the Patrice colors with this uh, LGBT thing. 
I haven't seen Sharpton flying that flag yet. I mean, at least not publicly. Who knows what he does privately? You said Sharp has not been Crump, is what you're saying. <laughs> nah, nowhere near Ben Crump. I think he's a, I mean, to be his age and to have been doing it for as long as he's doing it, he should be higher up the food chain, man. I think Tell me this. I think when it comes I, to activism, listen, I think when it comes to activism, he's a gross underachiever. God, let me ask you this. I've never asked you this. I may be asking you a bad question. Go ahead. What are your thoughts on Ben Crump? I've met him. Uh, he's an Kate attorney. Was, he's an attorney. Yeah. He's doing what attorneys do. You can't be mad at somebody for doing their job. Now, why he's getting selected for all these cases? Is it because he's getting settlements in, 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 in certain cases? I don't know why he's the go-to attorney. That may need looking into. But attorneys, right? And, and my daughter's an attorney, right? So let me say that. Let me be careful how I say this. But there's a joke. And it's, it's like, what do you call two attorneys at the bottom of the ocean? And the answer is a good start. You know? <laughs> so so we, 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 we're going to leave it at that. You know, attorneys, man, they just, they're really good at making any situation work to their advantage. That's a skill with them. You may not like Ben Crump, but at the end of the day, he's doing his job. His, what, what that's his you, job. What do you think, and again, because I, I don't know what I think of it other than, I guess I don't like it while I'm asking the question. What do you think of his articulation, his delivery, his, I, I find him very inarticulate. Uh, he doesn't have to be articulate. And that's why he's probably the activist spokesperson, the way um, Gloria Allred represents all the Me Too cases. See, when I, I told you earlier that a trial was like a, a theatrical presentation, right? So I, I, I've, I've been on trial and the, uh, the defense attorney, the prosecution, whatever, they have their way of connecting with the jury. And they, they will heighten their voice. You know, it's such, you watch it, you sit back, you be like, oh shit, this is like a fucking reality show and, and my ass is on the line in this thing. You know what I mean? Like, yo, and, and, and they're, they're doing their presentations. I think maybe, Ben Crump, because he's inarticulate, he may not be a very good trial lawyer. However, he is a lawyer that's willing to jump out there and take a lot of heat from half of the country by pissing them off all the time and, 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 and exploit these racial situations. Do, would I want to be that guy? No. But at the end of the day, he's not doing anything illegal. The law allows for people like him. And if you don't like him, you have to change the law. He's a litigator. He's going to go in there, man. And he's going he's gonna to leverage some deals, man. And, and guess what? It's easy deals because now everybody's so on edge. They think they can make the problem go away by throwing money at it. And the cocksuckers got money. They should have done something good with the money before it came down to just giving it to people like Ben Crump. 
I, I, I want to say that when we talk about civil war and people on the right and the, the evangelicals and the libertarians and all these other groups and factions, and some of them are similar, some of them are very different, to avoid the destruction of America, instead of just sitting back watching how the left manipulates black people and exploit them, right? Where is your alternative plan? Where is your outreach? Where is your plan to say, listen, we see what's happening with you. If you can meet these qualifications, we will get you into the workplace and so on and so forth. Instead of hiring illegals, we will pressure the companies to hire you instead of illegals. Where is the coalition building? Because they are in a better position. Black people, generally speaking, are in a, a desperate situation. And desperation sometimes clouds judgment. And especially when we have so many duplicitous people pretending to look out for us. They need to be challenged, not by exposing them for being frauds and buying houses all over the place, but they're not offering any tangible solutions at all. It's just rhetoric. So if, if, a, if an opposing group was to come to the black community, they could undermine these people very easily because their, their leadership position, it's, it's pretty flimsy. It doesn't even, even if you don't really care about black people, it's fucking war, man. Your enemy is using black people. You have to strategically undermine the influence they have on black people. You just can't sit there talking about make America great again and all this shit, man. If you are in a position of authority and you have money, you gotta get together and say, listen, they're using these black people to do this and divide our country and not on our watch. We're gonna do this to counter that. And there will be black people who there's nothing you could offer them, fuck them. But there's black people who would be like, you know what? Let's try to work together and make something happen. And that's who the fuck you find, man, and save your country. That's what you do. Good point. Sparks some good ideas in my head. <laughs> All right, bro. Look, but anyway, look, I, I think we had a good run today. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Jason, thank you as always, man. All right. Thank you, Curtis. All right, man. Have a good day. Yep.